Hello there, Gary Turner, the host of the Value Through Vulnerability podcast here. Thanks for joining me today as I share with you a conversation I had with Peter Bregman, who is founder of Bregman Partners, an organisation that helps strengthen their people and their organisations. He's one of Marshall Goldsmith's top 100 coaches and the author of a number of books, but one in particular that moved me personally, particularly with the uh, climate and change that we're dealing with, is Leading with Emotional Courage. It's a really good book. I cannot recommend it enough. Um, the three major takeaways that I took away from this conversation were that the stuff that you do that is important is scary. Such a, such a relevant and uh, mindful uh, reflection of me personally at the moment. Um, also, be willing to feel everything. And finally, believe that you and everybody else is great. And I just love that. And that particularly moves me from the point of view of just knowing that we are all connected, one singular human race, and trying to come in without judgment, without labels is so important. So you can find out more from, about Peter. Uh, please do listen in um, to our conversation. You can find his contact details in the show notes of this uh, podcast. Also, his contact details can be found within the free Have Courage um, ebook, which contains all 23 of the embedded interviews that make up the Have Courage Online Summit. It's completely free. Um, and you'll find within there all of the key takeaways as well. So please do follow Peter, connect with him, and we'll be very grateful for any feedback that you may be open to share as to things that may resonate with you. And until the next conversation, thanks for joining us today. Welcome to the Have Courage Summit, a summit dedicated to helping you get out of your own way and to unleash that potential that sits within you. Today, I'm so grateful to welcome Peter Bregman onto the show. Hi there, Peter. Hi, so nice to be with you, Thank you so much. So for those that don't know Peter, he is CEO of Bregman Partners. He's written four books. The most recent one I'm going to wave now, because it is incredible, which is Leading with Emotional Courage. And he also leads a podcast, which I really enjoy, called the Bregman Leadership Podcast. So thank you so much for joining me, Peter. Thanks a lot for having me. Great. So as you know, the so our topic today is around courage, so pretty well aligned with your own book. So as we get going, would you mind just giving just a brief update now, who are you? What's your background? And what are you passionate about, Peter, for the people that may be watching us? Sure. I, I'm Peter Bregman. I, I live in New York City. Uh, I should always say, you know, I'm married. I've got three kids, uh, uh, 11, 13, and 16. So that already says I need some courage. Uh, but they're, <laughs> they're really tremendous. And, and, um, and, you know, what I care deeply about is leadership. I really care that there are adults in the room. I really care that there are people who are willing to be self-aware enough to look at their own strengths and weaknesses that, that don't have to be Superman or Superwoman and at the same time believe in themselves. You know, I've got these two quotes uh, on my desk and Tal Ben-Shahar, who's a friend of mine and, and writes on happiness a lot, um, reminded me of this story in the, in the Jewish faith of this rabbi who said, you know, there are two... Um, slips of paper you should have in each pocket. And in one pocket, you should write, and I'm just going to read it off my computer because I have it on two sides of my computer. For the sake, for my sake, the world was created, right? For my sake, like this is all about me. Like I, you know, the world was created for me. And the other pocket, you should have the slip of paper that says, I am but dust and ashes, right? And it's this ability to hold the confidence and the humility together at the same time, like mm -hmm. to be able to believe in yourself and at the same time to believe in everybody else and to know that you're not the greatest thing since sliced bread, but that doesn't mean you're not great. 
and and to lead from that place of confidence and and humility it feels really important to me and i i've really committed my life over the past uh i mean certainly my career over the past 30 years or so uh and and really my life i think in in terms of trying to help people and and myself lead in a way in which we're proud and um, we can be in our sweet spot as we do it and we can treat uh, everybody around us with respect and still achieve the things that are most important to us. Lovely. Well, it's, it sounded like you've got a pretty deep rooted purpose there, Peter, which is great. <laughs> Just that's fantastic. So it's sort of stepping on a little bit because what I'm sensing there, I'm hearing an element around managing ego ultimately is how do you keep it from being about self and about serving others? So how do you, in terms of emotional courage, how does that play into that? Um, yeah, and I actually think ego is very important. I, in fact, I think the issue that most people have is not strong enough ego. And then that, that ends up leading them to do things that look like they're very egotistical, but it's really coming out of a place of a weak ego. Look, I, I talk in the book about four elements of leadership, confidence in yourself, connection to others, commitment to purpose, and emotional courage. And confidence in yourself, which is the first element. And by the way, most people are strong in some of those and not all of them. And it's not a personality assessment where it's like, okay, if you're strong in one and not in the others, it, it, you have to actually, to lead effectively, be strong in all of them. You have to be very confident in yourself, very connected to others, very commitment, committed to purpose, and very emotionally courageous. And confidence in yourself is this deep-seated confidence that doesn't require you to constantly be held up by other people telling you how good you are, right? That it's a confidence that allows you to maintain a strong sense of self even in failure or in conflict or in success. Like people lose their sense of self in success. They get taken, whisked, whisked off by it. Um, or uncertainty. It's like I think of it, and I talk about this in the book, as subway surfing, the way we used to subway surf as kids. And now I'm very New York-centric here. But, you know, you stand on the subway and you don't hold on to anything. You're in the subway, by the way. Someone asked me if, they were, if I was on top of the subway or in the subway. I was not on top of the subway. I was in the subway. Mm -hmm. And you, you stand and you balance and the subway lurches left or lurches right or stops or starts and you try not to lose your balance. And that's, I think of life like that. Like there's, you have a sense of self and can you maintain that sense of self in the context of all sorts of elements of life batting you about? And, you know, like I, I, when I think of people, you know, you look at people who seem to know all the answers and you think, oh, they're confident. And I would say that's actually the opposite. Um, they're not confident. They're not confident enough to not know. Mm -hmm. And one of the really important elements of confidence and signs of confidence is willing to not to, to be in the I don't know, right? To, to, to not know everything, to be curious, to be open. Uh, but that doesn't mean insecure, right? Insecurity is I know everything. Uh, and... So that's the, you know, that's what I'm talking about when I talk about that, you know, kind of real confidence. It's actually the opposite of arrogance. Uh, and then we could talk about the other ones, but let me pause here. And no, it's, 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 it's super powerful because I think part of my own journey has been that I, I feel I'm actually quite strong, Peter, around the emotional courage part, but I actually lacked a sense of self for a very long time. 
Yeah. So I'm really interested around those four elements. And I, I believe from reading the book as I have so far that, as you said, to, to have a mix of them all, or at least to be aware of where you're at with each of them, is almost like, yeah, it's on some sort of continuum and you're just trying to keep them all in check to, to, to optimum performance. Is that right? Or would you challenge that? Or? No, absolutely. Like, I, I think you, you want to be high in all of them. You want to be strong in all of them. And, and by the way, there is an assessment on our website, which you can link to. It's the same assessment that's in the book, but if you want to do it, uh, uh, you can kind of link to it and then, and then people can get like a pretty page of results, uh, you know, again, similar to what's in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, let's just look at what happens when you have some and you don't. And, and I guess I'll very quickly define the others, which is, confidence and self we talked about connection to others is really a sense of being seen and seeing other people understanding them to their satisfaction where they feel understood and seen by you um trusting where they feel trusted and you can also trust in a way that you can feel trusted by other people and that's really being connected to others and then commitment to purpose is something bigger than both of you than all of you right there's this thing that you're working towards that's bigger than all and emotional courage is the willingness to feel everything and we'll do a quick experiment around it think about a conversation that you know you should have but you're not having mm-hmm. right a conversation that you know you've been procrastinating on and you know that you should have it and i'm willing to bet you know everything you need to know to have it you have all the skill you need in order to have it. You've had time and opportunity. Mm -hmm. So why haven't you had it? And it's because there's something you don't want to feel. If you have this difficult conversation, and this is true for anything you might be procrastinating on. If you have this difficult conversation, you may have to feel their anger or your anger or the disconnection or the conflict or shame or embarrassment or defensiveness or passive aggressiveness. You may have to feel all these things you just don't want to feel. Mm -hmm. And in order to not feel them, you don't, have the difficult conversation, which allows you to not feel it, but also prevents you from moving forward on what you're, what you care about. And the willingness to feel everything, if you're willing to feel all of that, the shame, the embarrassment, the defensiveness, the failure, the passive aggressiveness, if you're willing to feel everything, then you can do anything. Then you can follow through on everything, everything that you want to follow through on, because knowledge and skill and time and opportunity is almost never the thing that truly stands in the way of what we're doing. And now think for a second if you have some of those and not others. So if you're confident in yourself and disconnected from others, everything's about you. If you're connected to others, but you don't have confidence, then you'll do anything to please the people around you. You'll give yourself up. And so you lose total sense of self and power. And they, by the way, also lose the benefit of your engagement because all you're doing is trying to please them. If you're committed to purpose, but you're lacking the confidence and the connection, then you burn yourself and everybody else out as you're pursuing with everything you've got this you know, most important thing, and you forget about yourself and everybody else, and everybody gets alienated, including yourself. Mm-hmm. And that emotional courage is the glue that holds it all together, meaning if you, if you don't have any emotional courage, you can't take steps in confidence, connection, or commitment. And... If you start to take those steps in confidence, connection, and commitment, that ends up building your emotional courage as well. So you need the emotional courage in order to do that stuff. And doing that stuff helps grow your emotional courage, which you grow by using it, by by feeling things, by putting yourself in situations where you might have to feel things that are uncomfortable and being willing to do that. That becomes incredibly um, powerful for you. And you end up building the emotional courage muscle by using it. 
That's really powerful. And I'm really sensing that element of intentionality. So it's almost that going first is the courageous part for me, Peter, with some time. Yeah. And I've experienced yeah. that myself, particularly around like, meeting people that don't look like you, come from different backgrounds, you know, trying to be more empathetic can be right. difficult at times for some people. Right. It takes courage to step into those shoes, don't it? doesn't it sometimes? Yeah, and just even slowing down enough to feel the courage that it takes and to notice it and to act in the context. You know, a lot of times we try to figure out, well, you know, I'm a little scared to meet that person. So how can I not be scared to meet them? Mm. Right? How can I, what can I do to not be scared? Okay, maybe I'll visualize them in their underwear or maybe, you know. And, and, <laughs> and you know, I, I had a really great conversation with someone who used my own medicine. I was going to say against me, but really for me. And I said, you know, I haven't been writing fiction. I really want to write fiction, but I haven't been writing fiction. She said, you know, what's stopping you? And I said, honestly, I think I'm scared. Like, I'm not, I don't think I'm a very good fiction writer. I, I haven't done very much of it. I, I, you know, I've written lots of books and articles and I know I'm pretty good at nonfiction writing, but I, I, I'm scared. And she laughed and she goes, oh, so you think you should be able to write without feeling scared? And I thought it's like so profound. It's like we try to get over. So once I get over my fear, I'll write. Well, good. That's probably a recipe for never writing ever. Right? <laughs> because writing is scary because you're putting thoughts down. You're taking a blank page and you're filling it. And the idea of writing is you're probably going to share it. And if you go a good writer, then it's going to be vulnerable. And it's going to be a part of you that's on that page. So if someone rejects it, they're rejecting you, not just some words you wrote. And that's hard and that's scary. So the reality is most everything you're going to do in the world, and this is true for the most senior leaders, it's scary. The stuff that you do that's important is scary. And being able to feel that and act in the context of it is the key. We do a lot of leadership coaching in my organization. And one of the ways I train very capable coaches, I mean, everybody who comes to coach with us is already. Uh, trained as a coach and and we're just doing master level training and the training that we do is to help them to see that a coach's job isn't to remove the challenge in order to help people to succeed it's to get them to act in the context of it so when I was coaching somebody and this is a little thing but they had a blog post they wanted to write and they'd written it and they had shown it to somebody I think even their husband who said, yeah, you know, I, I, I think it's okay, but I don't, you know, I, I, I don't know that I put it out there. And then she got really frozen. And she came to the coaching session to discuss it. And I was actually doing a coaching demo. So she was in front of a bunch of people. And, and I said, um, have you, you know, why aren't you doing it? Well, I don't think it's ready. Well, when you read it, do you think it's ready? Or your husband didn't think it was ready? Uh, no, I, I, I could do it. I mean, I think it's, I liked it. She said, I said, great. So now a lot of pe a lot of coaches in that moment would say, so what do you have to do to get to the place of doing it? Or what are you going to do after this call? Will you post it after this call? And what do you, and I said, okay, so, so you've got it. You have a website, you have a blog uh, area and you have the blog post that you like. Right now on this call, let's post it, right? And then she says, <gasps> right? And that's the moment I'm looking for in all of my coaching, right? Because 
I would rather be with her in that moment and help her through it than have her face that moment after our call and then not follow through on it. So I said, great, what are you feeling? What are you feeling right now in this moment? And she said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling nervous. Like, great, where are you feeling it? Right, feeling is just a physical sensation somewhere in our bodies. But where are you feeling it? Well, I'm feeling it in my chest. I was like, great, okay. So now while you're feeling it, don't expect to not feel it while you're feeling it. On your laptop, pull up your website, right? And cut and paste this thing in. You don't have to post it yet, but cut and paste it in. I don't know that I can do that. Well, what, you, you can't, literally, you can't cut and paste it into your blog post? I know you can do that, I believe in you. I know you can do that, <laughs> right? And, and so it's like doing it with support in the moment of the emotion is how we get better and how we get stronger and how we develop the emotional courage to act in the face of the inevitable emotions that alive human beings will feel. Can I ask you, Peter, in, in, in the course of you actually writing this book, was there anything that you learned more about yourself in terms of your own emotional courage? Oh, for sure. And I, I wouldn't even leave it to writing the book. I mean, speaking about the book. Mm -hmm. Like I, you know, I it was in, in writing the book and having it published and getting it out there and talking about it that helped me to kind of reconfirm for me what I care most deeply about in the work that we do. You know, I don't know if six months ago, if you said, what is your deepest commitment that I would have answered in the same way? I think I was being a little swayed by, you know, our marketing message around strategy execution and, and, and getting your most important work done, which is what the book is about in part and what I really do believe in. But when I really sit with it, it's like, yeah, that's important because I really believe that leaders, because I really care about leaders and having great leaders. And I think that became, that's, that's been throughout my career, but it became clear to me over the past, you know, six months to a year that I have somehow left that a little bit for the focus on growing a business and the, you know, the work we're doing in the market and the industry, et cetera. And, and it's not counter to it. It's not against it. But it's a deeper place and a deeper commitment. And I look at this book and I say, this is my most important work. Like, and I think it was only really after sitting with the book for a while, you know, as I was writing it, that I realized, like, this is my most important work. I want to live in a world in which people are confident in themselves, connected to each other, committed to something bigger than all of them and all of us, and emotionally courageous. That's what I want for myself. It's what I want for you. It's what I want for the listeners. It's why I'm having this conversation in the first place. It's what I want in the world. That's the world I want to live in. And that really became crystal clear to me in the process of this book. Wonderful. Just not, not much to add to that, Peter. Stunning. Absolutely stunning, really. Thank you for such an, it's such so wonderful to see your passion leaping through the screen. I think it just shows well, you the importance. You. It shows you the importance of your work. So, look, I appreciate we're in terms of timing. So, how can people reach out to you if they want to follow up the conversation with you, Peter, or find out a bit more about you? 
you know, the best thing to do is to go to our website at Bregman Partners, B-R-E-G-M-A-N, Partners, P-A-R-T-N-E-R-S.com. Mm -hmm. And all my books are there. You can find the assessment there. You can find out more about the work that we do there. Uh, you can find out about me there. It's all, it's all on the website, BregmanPartners.com. Great. Well, thank you for that. Just one final takeaway for our uh, viewers, if I may. So if you're going to give just one nugget of advice or one recommendation right now to the people listening to us, what would it be to try and help them step into that, that, that to being a bit more cor courageous? Think right now in this moment of one thing you're procrastinating on that feels important to you. One conversation, one piece of writing, one action, one risk, one step, one thing that feels important to you that you're not taking action on and do something in the next few hours, no matter what, that moves you forward in it. It doesn't have to be the whole thing. You don't have to work it to completion. If you've been delaying writing a proposal to someone, write the first paragraph or the first line or address it, right? Like just something that moves you forward in the direction that feels important to you. Wonderful. Peter, thank you so much for sparing your time. Really appreciate it. Such a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Have a great day.